Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchful News. It's Friday, October 7th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, a look at Speaker Nancy Pelosi and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Number two, President Joe Biden heats things up against Vladimir Putin. And number three, what happened at last night's Arizona debate? All right, Jake, TGIF, first of all. Oh, God, thank the Lord. (laughs) Let's get into it. Yesterday, we had a look around at uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Today, we are assessing uh, the status of of both Pelosi and McCarthy. Let's take Pelosi first. Uh, Clearly a political figure we have been watching for a very long time. But, you know, there's a lot that's uh, made about age and the need for Democrats to have some new blood to come into the leadership. But at 82 years old, she's been in Congress 35 years, Jake, and she can, I think she's keeping a busier schedule than I could keep at this point. Yeah, I, I hope, uh, I hope, well, I don't know if I hope I'm still working at 80, at 82, but if I hope I'm in as good a shape as she is at 82 years old. Um, l- let's run this down. Um, Pelosi's been in 16 cities in the last two weeks alone. She is hosting uh, Jill Biden in San Francisco today. She'll have Joe Biden in Los Angeles next week. Um, if Here's what I gathered in my reporting yesterday. If What Pelosi's allies believe is that if Biden didn't have 30-something, 40-something approval rating, this would be considered the most historic Congress in American history, bar none. So let's just, I mean, let's actually, I'll kind of continue here. They say the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, the infrastructure bill, gun control, uh, Ukraine, American Rescue Plan. Um, Let's just stop on that for a second. I'm not sure I buy it. Um, it would probably be considered the most historic Congress ever. It doesn't mean they'd be in a different political position because um, we're in the first midterm of a president's term and and people just tend to sour on the party in power, right? I mean, yeah, so- but but like it or hate it, I mean, that's a lot of wins. If you don't oh, like the policy, that's that. fine. It is. You objectively have to say that is a lot of wins that Biden has been able to put and and Democrats in general have been able to put on the board. And oftentimes they've been put on the board because Biden probably wasn't in the room when the negotiations were happening. That, that's right. My only point is I'm not sure her, I'm not sure house Democrats political posi- political position would be appreciably different if Biden didn't have bad approval ratings. That's my only point. I, and I, I, or if it was president, you know, I don't know. Gavin Newsom with 60. I don't know. You you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just saying I I don't think it would actually be much different, but whatever. Um, Pelosi has been predicting for a while that Democrats are going to keep the House uh, and win seats. Now they're pointing to two data points. Uh, Approval ratings are ticking up and uh, the Cook Political Report has moved seven seats in Democrats direction. Uh, love the Cook Political Report with Amy Walter, but, um, you know, and I think they're great. I think they do great work. I'm not sure that is um, uh, proof positive that they're going to win the House. Remember, Republicans just need five, six seats to net the majority. So I don't. here's the one thing, Anna, that I um, 
I, I that we don't need even to. I mean, let's dwell. I don't know what the help Nancy Pelosi's going to do at the end of this Congress. Neither do neither does anybody. Anybody who tells you that they do know what Pelosi's doing is probably lying to you, unless your name is Paul Pelosi. And if you are Paul Pelosi, please call me and tell me what your wife is planning to do at the end of this Congress. All right, there you go. That's how Jake does <laughs> how did, it, do folks. You, do he gets the have... scoops by just asking the people. He wants to know. Now, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, listen, I think that the interesting part of this this morning's top, when you look at Pelosi, is she is not letting her foot off the gas. You know, she has been very, you know, boldly prognosticating for, you know, weeks now that not only could Democrats keep seats, they could win seats. I think that's a pretty rosy outlook. Um, But when you're the coach and you're going into uh, the biggest fight of uh, the past two years, you got to come in with some enthusiasm. If If she were to say, well, you know, it might not be the best night, it might be. An okay night. I mean, that doesn't really bringing her troops into battle. You know, it doesn't seem like it's a real winning uh, formula for her. I do think there's a way to thread the needle here. (laughs) Is my only like people have asked me why why we're making so much of Pelosi saying she's going to win seats. I mean, there's no uh, real political. I mean, I I don't know. There's no downside for her, right? I mean, I guess that's what I would say. But but on the same token. There's a way to thread the needle. You know, yeah. you could say you're yeah. going to win, the, keep the house, which is a bold enough prediction as it is without saying you're going to, you know, you're going to win the majority. You're going to win seats. Um, Steny Hoyer also said that they're sticking to it, though. I, I just want to say one other thing and then we can move on to Kevin McCarthy. But by but the I way, do- I still I, I'll let you uh, I'll let you in here in a second. But I just want to note that I still think that I'm going to play professional golf and professional basketball. So let me dream Anna. Good. let me dream. <laughs> Good to have dreams here <laughs> every day as we're getting up doing this instead. But um, I, I just want to say one thing, though, about Pelosi, which I do think is, you know, uh, it's so interesting to me because, as you said, nobody knows what she's going to do. Um, I do think what has fundamentally stayed the same is that no Democrat, at least at this point, is willing to challenge her. It is it is such an interesting thing to watch where you have this pent up energy and these people that want change and they don't want all these octogenarians running the house. They don't think it's great for messaging in terms of kind of getting the, the, the next generation of leaders um, and, and kind of their base vote out about, you know, get enthusiasm for this. But nobody said if she chooses to say, I'm going to go, I'm going to run against her. Any nobody credible anyway. And I think, you know, she has said it to us so many times. You can't beat something with nothing. And so we'll have to see it. It just plays into the entire psychodrama that she's going to be the person who decides because nobody's going to try to knock her out. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, who the hell's going to beat her, right? I mean, I, I, there's no one. There's no single person. First of all, like, there's just no. There's no one who's going to beat her. I have a period. 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 I, there's just no one at this point that's going to beat her. Anyway, let's move on to House all right, Minority. Kevin McCarthy, the Republican from California, somebody we've been covering for a long time, uh, can almost taste the speakership at this point. Uh, and man, is he just like Pelosi is running around the country. He is almost obsessively, Jake, just focused on raising money. There's not a lot else that he can do at this point, uh, you know, in terms of lining things up in order to make it so that uh, House Republicans do take that majority. But he is not going to leave one penny 
un un uh you know hidden from the republicans he's already the super PAC this is so astounding to me the congressional leadership fund the super PAC endorsed by GOP leadership has raised 220 million dollars the american action network the related nonprofit has raised another 75 million for a midterm election in the house of representatives now i, I put <laughs> i i wrote this this morning i wrote this last uh i wrote a line in here last night i think I think our uh, colleague John Bresnahan has removed it, but I will just say it here. <laughs> but you're going to keep it in the podcast. I'm going to keep it in the podcast. McCarthy is obsessively focused on raising money, and I think it's partially because um, because it's like the one thing that you could, with all this, with everything that's so fluid in a in a in a midterm, it's like the one thing that you could latch onto. You know, like. The equation is like lots of money, bad political environment equals good night for Republicans. And that's kind of the that's what McCarthy is is like. I understand why he's obsessively focused on it. It's going well for him uh, and he could and it's like it's understandable and it's it's tangible. McCarthy, um, you know, listen, he needs to win. He doesn't need a huge night. He does. He needs a good night. Um, to to have a glide path to the speakership, but like Pelosi, no one is saying they're going to challenge him. Uh, the The House Freedom Caucus has lost its way in a lot of senses since um, Mark Meadows, who uh, has his own issues, obviously at this moment, has left Congress. Now Meadows, a very you know complicated uh, person in the House, a complicated figure, a, a divisive figure in the House of Representatives. It was like the heart and soul, in a sense, of that, um, of that Freedom Caucus. He he understood the strategy. He kind of knew how to make people squirm. They don't have anyone like that right now. So listen, McCarthy probably needs to govern. Needs like eighteen seats, an eighteen seat majority. Now, if he doesn't get that, that's dangerous. Um, so anyway, I I I think McCarthy is. Um, it, by the way, if, if Republicans don't win the House, former Congressman Kevin McCarthy is going to need to find some work. I don't think that's going to be the case, according to all the polls we we see and everything like that. But anyway, what are your thoughts, Anna? Yeah, I mean, listen, this is something he has been looking at for a very long time. Everybody remembers he ran for it, didn't did not was unsuccessful in his last bit. I think the thing that I always because I, I get asked about this all the time, uh, you know, what how, is he going to be speaker? How long could he be speaker? Um, I mean, I think that's probably the more operative question in terms of just it's going to be a very difficult job to maintain once he has it because uh, just simple things uh, in terms of of keeping the lights on, passing the debt ceiling. A lot of things are going to be very, very challenging. I think what has been he has done really well is to your point, um, you know, I think he is much more aligned or has the pulse on where the conservatives are much more so than both of his predecessors, John Boehner and Paul Ryan. Um, you know, and, and he, you know, the fact that, you know, he and, you know, so many of those folks that, that he used to kind of, you know, come to, come and have knife, knife fights with, the Jim Jordans of the world are now kind of allies. So, you know, he is doing everything he can when you're in the minority in the House. There's not, you're not controlling the Republican message, right? I mean, he's he can't control what former President Donald Trump says. He can't control, you know, the price of gas. He can't control a lot of things, inflation, that are, you know, he's hoping are going to help Republicans at the end of the day. Um, but he can control how much money he can raise. And so that's what he's doing. 
All right, let's move on quickly to the number two and three stories of the morning. Um, I thought this was super interesting. John Bresnahan has a report looking at how President Joe Biden warned Thursday night that Russian President Vladimir Putin's threat to use nuclear weapons in Ukraine could lead to Armageddon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> we might be good. I mean, there might be a nuclear war. A, I mean, tough, it's a tough, tough message there for a Thursday night. Uh, this is, these are some comments imagine, according imagine, to imagine the... Going uh, to, Imagine going to a fundraiser um, uh, and the president telling you that we're closer to nuclear, we're closer to nuclear war than we've ever been. It's like, yeah, thanks for that $30,000 check. By the way, we might be going to, we might be having a nuclear war. Stuff. It's, uh, he's not, no one's going to call him, you know, Sunshine Biden here uh, coming out of that one. So his comments far more dire than those from top U.S. officials who sought to kind of downplay the threat of a wider war. I think the biggest thing that we can say here, you should read the the entire AM newsletter on this. It has all of his comments uh, and kind of how far, how much further he has gone than his counterparts in the administration. I think the big question is like, is it clean, a, clean up on aisle two here today by the White House and Pentagon officials where they try to walk back what he said? Or is this going to be a new posture um, for the Biden administration as it comes to Putin and nuclear war? Yeah, yeah, there's no walking it back. The president said it. So anything else is is not is not ignore it. I don't know what to say. I mean, if the president says something, there's no walking it back. So I mean, they could try. But uh, if the White House wants to maintain any and I'm not saying they don't have credibility, but it, it hurts their credibility when they say what the president said is not true. I mean, I just, just stop that. It's it's nonsense. Let's let's talk about the number three story of the morning. Uh, wow, it was a blockbuster debate between Democratic Senator Mark Kelly and GOP challenger Blake Masters last night in the only face to face debate of this critical Arizona Senate race. Masters, a 36-year-old venture capitalist who, of course, is endorsed by former President Donald Trump and financially backed by billionaire Peter Thiel, trailing in the polls. A lot of folks have pulled out of Arizona feeling like Kelly uh, has, you know, has the real upper uh, upper hand there in that state. Um, but they went back and forth on a lot of different things, each kind of getting in points um, throughout the night. You know, Masters hammering Kelly as the 50th vote for President Joe Biden on the border, um, on inflation. You see where the attack lines are for Republicans when it comes to some of these incumbent um, senators in tough races. Yeah, um, this is one of the states that surprised a lot of people. Uh, Kelly is up by a couple points. Um, A lot of Republicans believe Kelly wins in a walk. I'm not sure one way or the other. Um, but another example of the candidates mattering. <laughs> um, uh, Kelly, by the way, we put an uh, an ad in yesterday at some point. I can't remember what it, which edition it was that Kelly said he stands up to Joe Biden when he needs to. So you could tell what's going on in that state. All right. With that, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Hope you have a great weekend. Of course, you can sign up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.